Hey, it's Brian, and welcome to TP in the Walk-On. Today's episode, we dive into the NFL Championship Weekend matchups, and then Michelle Neat hits a home run with her MLB preview. And now, from the Bet Bunker in Brooklyn, here is your host, Joel Wolkowski. Yeah, I, I got a, a song in my heart these days, a pep in my step. And you know what? I did pick up a Hall & Oates vinyl for the tune of $6 in my neighborhood. Ooh, that's, oh, you can't, there's no, oh, you can't yeah, beat that. You know what? Who's I got to set up here. Are you frozen or what? Okay, you're back with us. So yeah, I, I was I was trying to find out what's the best used record store in Brooklyn Turns out it's two blocks from me. They let the dog come inside. They oh. accidentally sold me a Barbara Streisand, but they were cool about it. <laughs> hey, you got to put on some some Barbara like on a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon. You know, I think that's fit. That's what I do on Sunday afternoons. I, I mute the announcers. I play some records. I do some yoga and I, I watch the wagers roll in. It's a beautiful experience. That's how you're so good. You're balanced. You're a balanced droll. Yeah, I am good. And I, I had a nice time watching the games this weekend. I did drive out halfway, met my mother in a creepy yeah. old Airbnb. Ooh. <laughs> did you see any ghosts? Did you see any betting ghosts? You know what? I I, I did see some betting ghosts. I saw the the ghosts of bets that could have been. I couldn't get <laughs> registered in time, you know. And a few of them were very responsible. I could get up and running. A couple of them, I just had to wait. So I'll catch you guys on my next visit, to be honest. Yeah, I had to just focus good. on time with mom. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you had that time. Good job. And you had that time. Congratulations on the playoff run that could have been, even though it was a really nice ride. And hats off to the Cleveland Browns. Hat, give them all all the hats for the Cleveland Browns. They got out coached, but hey, you got a rookie coach against Andy Reid and, and, and Eric Bieniemy. They are the top in in the offensive game. So uh, that uh, the the fumble uh, by the goal line, uh, we got NFL's got to fix that. I'm I'm sorry. What, what what are we doing still? How is that a touchback? It wouldn't be a Browns playoff loss without a, a, a nameable mistake that goes against them. Right. So now we've got the fumble, the drive, the touchback. Like, let's just keep on going until we get the win. Yeah, I think so. And I think it is on Stefanski for just doing what we've theorized was going to be the problem in Cleveland since he was hired. They took the ball out of Nick Chubb's hands. Gave it to Baker with the game on the line. And you know what? We saw it come in this whole way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a, a test for the Honey Badger for sure. The one problem I had was um, Stefanski rolling out Chubb to be like the, the pass catcher like Kareem. And it's like his hands aren't that good right now. So let's uh, – I know that you want to – make Chubb a more a more multi-dimensional running back right but you're gonna add that wrinkle in now I, I think that it's very cute and that's what Kevin does a lot he gets a little cute and then you get blown out by Baltimore and we uh, we have question our decisions man you got 
the ball on the road with a chance to win the game. You are built to run clock, and you have the best pure runner in football, yet you don't run the ball on first down? No. I, and they were saying that uh, the Browns are averaging 5.1 yards against the Chiefs. And this is what we do. That is what happens. Coaches, Get they think themselves all the time. And you know what? It's just a tale as old as time here <laughs> in the postseason. Oh, yeah. But it's okay. We made it. And apologies to you, Brian. But I think we got the right teams here. I When you get down to it, this is – this is what you want. This is you want to see. I mean, you got your you got your Bucks game, Bucks versus Packers. You got two Hall of Famers going at it for the first in the play, postseason, and then you have these two. I wouldn't call them juggernauts, but I don't know if, if if Josh is a juggernaut. But you have the two great quarterbacks right now in the NFC. So this is this is going to be a good one. Yeah, and you you know it wasn't Cleveland's year because the fans, they showed up to congratulate them at the airport for a divisional loss. I mean, that shows me it was the correct outcome. <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. I mean, we... you don't congratulate the team at the airport if you lose too early. That means you lost at the right time. They achieved what they thought they, what they reasonably should achieve. Okay. And I think that's true of Baltimore, too. I mean, Baltimore, it's a Super Bowl-worthy team that lost their left tackle for the year and had a bad receiving core. I mean, yeah. they could lose in the divisional round. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. Uh, I, I dig it. It was a very good uh, Browns-Disney end. That's what I like. The little clap at the end. It's like the, the participation trophy for us. Yeah, and it it was a great run. You overachieved. You were so happy the entire time. And for one weekend, we were all Brian Allen Mitchell. You love to see it. I hope everyone had fun. I had a good time. And yes. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back. This is going to be so fun now. Yeah, it's going to be great. And you know what's going to be great? A lifetime of betting. Oh, yeah. It's getting legal. It's going to be across the day in the props network they are there to guide you along so check out the propsnetwork.com they've got some amazing futures tools that we'll be utilizing today i don't know who's going to be doing that brian or i but we'll both be playing it. around with that tool it's great bet comparisons and then you know we actually put out some really fun content every single day picking nba games white hot joe walkowski he is on the prowl we got jamoke davis doing just for sport and he is a not one not two not three not four but five time emmy winner we've got all the great stuff coming to you so smash subscribe and we will try and fatten up your pocketbooks along the way so let's get back to the show brian i think we're gonna get in some trouble oh what did you do <laughs> well i've got a model my friend oh okay the like, stat a, like a lego model 
no 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 it ain't no millennium falcon it ain't no city edition kind of dune buggy looking thing they're all dune buggies when you actually look at lego cars closely but that's another story but we got a model and it's gonna be lying in our pocketbooks moving forward Ooh, i like this it's called the whale model one more time it's called the whale tail the whale tail okay picture me as a gorton's fisherman model head to toe yellow holding a harpoon on the deck in the northeast smelling that halifax air okay because i'm chasing whales oh wow i can see you i see you on the dock right now just chasing those whales i look at the line and i look i see if the percentage of money bet on a team is more than 10 percent of the percentage of bets on a team that's a whale. I know there's a whale there. So I get along with those whales. All right. I, I'm glad you have finally understood how to talk whale and get to the bottom line. Yeah. I, I, you haven't made this much money off the whales if, un, unless you were a Tokyo lamp maker in the 1800s. I am doing great off this. It is 4-0 thus far. And yes, did I spend my winnings on a subscription to a handle service yes i did let's get deeper let's synergize synergy let's do it but do you ever have someone who's doing so bad that you somehow feel okay um everyone has that (laughs) yeah like maybe me making a model and blindly betting like today i have like 10 bets out there so whatever it's gonna be fine okay maybe that seems a little sketchy and bad but a, a viewer, they they offered me a spot in a scheme. They said, "Hey, you give these guys your login. Mm-hmm. They give you a percentage of what they win, and then mm-hmm. if they lose, they pay for it." That doesn't sound right to me, does it? No, this is a one of those like Nigerian prince emails. Like you give them fifty, and then you then you're all out of money. Okay, so someone wants to tell my bookie they're me and be committing fraud to someone who's already committing a criminal activity. This is why you got to bet legal, folks. So it just doesn't sound good. That's how you get in trouble. So I feel okay about building my statistical models. <laughs> do Please do that. Please build the models. Let's be legal here. Legal All right. beagle. All right, we'll be legal beagles and... Well, let's get into it. It's championship weekend. We only have one day of football. It's all come down to this. The better it gets, the less football there is. So Sunday, two championship games. It's the matchups that I think the whole season kind of led up to. Mm-hmm. They're so natural. We were all good, always going to have this. So let's talk about it. I think it kicks off with actually Bucks at Packers, right? Packers, three and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bucks, maybe they're this team, this super team, but no matter what happens, this is the best team that Rodgers has ever been on. Yes. Yeah, they're great. From an offensive and defensive standpoint, this is kind of a one of those well-rounded machines that um, just does well. I, I just saw that the Packers, their red zone percentage, 80 Eighty percent. Yeah, and that, that's, and the the next team closer, 
the closest to that is the Bills with 60, 61%. Yeah, and you see that it's going to be snowing in gray, Green Bay on Sunday. Tom Brady is in his 40s. There are limits of being a human being. It's going to be fun to watch Indomitian Sue chase after Aaron Rodgers one last time. But, you know, my whole whole year I've just been saying this is a Packers conference. And this leads to me to my next point, Brian. Hmm. There's a different way of betting every round of the NFL postseason. I just cracked it this year. Okay. So hear me out. This is how you do it. Wild card weekend. You do the teasers, right? Sure. Yeah. You buy six points on a few things. You pick your favorites. You tie them together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have a little, you bet every game straight up, but you're just kind of throwing it out there and not trying to get burned. Okay. Just like, just this is the legal beagle way. Just trying to, you're using the numbers with you. Yeah. And, and maybe you back the favorites there because, you know, favorites, if they win, they cover like, 89% of the time. Mm-hmm. So you tease the favorites a bit. In the divisional round, you change everything up. Mm-hmm. You bet the under on every single game. Oh. That's what I did oh. this weekend. That is, and that is beautiful. Yeah. That probably worked for you for the Ravens game, right? It did work for the Ravens game. It went three and one. It carried me through the weekend because you have the better teams. They're going to be a control, but they're going to be a little rusty. Yeah. They're going to be, you know, a little colder than it's been at a game all year. So there's so many adjustments to make at the beginning of those games. The under will always hit. Mm-hmm. That is so good. And then you get to this weekend. What do you do? You pick a money line on each side. Boom. Just money line. Just money line. Let me see. What what we got for this money line here? What we got? Money line. So we have Packers. It's trending downward from minus 195. You can now get it minus 175, minus 180. And then you have Bills and Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So here's what I do. I go bullish on the Packers. I put out 180 to win 100, mm-hmm. and then I just put like 40 bucks on the Bills. You're 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 skeptical with the Bills, right? Oh, with yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah, I'm skeptical. The second year rule still aligns, but in that Packers Bucks game, I don't think there's any question. I think this is the Packers game, and given that the weather is there, given that their defense is kind of superior, given that they choked in this spot so many times previously, it's got to be the pack. Yeah, I think it's the pack because every time Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is so good because he can hit the home run ball whenever. It's kind of funny because we're going to be talking MLB later, but he can hit the home run ball anytime he wants to. Yeah, and you know that. I know the Bucks look great, but they were Jared Cook fumbled that game away. The Saints were kind of cruising their way to a victory before a, a fumble in the late third quarter turned all the momentum around. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's one of those. Yes, yes. Of course, Tom Brady's opportunistic, but when you have the Packers, where they can they can beat you on the defensive side and the offensive side, uh, this is going to be a, a quite 
I'm call I'm calling blowout here. I think it's a blowout. You know, I know that they have uh the one of the defensive tackles Vita is back for the Bucks with his uh, ankle injury, but will he be will he have it? You know, he, when you're so rusty for so long, uh, can he come in and just be a guy that can just push push a pocket? So we'll we'll see there. Yeah, this is a Packers romp. And I like the under here. Once again, it's 51 and a half. So the pe- we've seen when the Bucks are bad this year, the Bucks are really bad this year. Mm-hmm. So that's the round. They, they have these games where they score under 14. So if, I like the under for so many different reasons here. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the way to go. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a Tunyon party. I think uh, the tight end position for, for the Packers are going to eat this alive. I, I really think so. Maybe, but you know what? Shouts to Devin White for the Bucks. He's played every snap of the season, and like there aren't many more significant achievements than that across the NFL landscape. Totally, and I and that's you know you got to give it give him give him the hats off there. But that's this is where Aaron Rodgers succeeds so well. He know he knows where the the defense is strong, and then he's gonna just turn you turn you every way around. He's gonna his cadence is so cool. When you have a cadence like that. You you could you could do anything you want in the NFL. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, probably in like my kind of take on this is we don't give the Packers enough credit for being a poorly run franchise. I really don't think they maximize this guy's ability throughout, and they're kind of having to make up for it on the tail end. This is kind of secretly his Manning in Denver opportunity. Yeah, I he. Every every time we look at him, because we like he's one of the best in the league, we're like, well, his receivers aren't good. And it's like, yeah, but he turns them into like the best in the league right now. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need it. We, he could he could throw to anybody. He could throw he could throw to me, Joel. He could throw to me, and I'll I'll have a hundred yards in a game. And I and I'm scared of catching the ball when it when it's coming fast. Yeah, you're a quarterback. You scramble pockets. You go down there. Put me in there, Aaron. I'll be your Tunyon. That's the man I was supposed to be. Okay, so enough about that one. And then we go to the AFC Championship. We have the Bills who have been anointed by everyone. They are three-point dogs against the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think Mahomes is playing, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's the NFL, he's playing. It, uh, he's, they're going to check off the boxes for him because they need this game. They, they, they circled this in their, in their calendar many, many moons ago. So they're making sure this is taken care of. Yeah, so expect Mahomes versus Allen in a matchup that's kind of seemed inevitable since early November. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think it's going to be a fun it's going to be a, an interesting uh, uh, view on how the Bills are going to play defense against Mahomes. Because I think when they – it was week six when they played, and they didn't blitz him at all. They just like, okay, just turn into a dink and dunk quarterback, and then we just don't want to get beat by Ty, by Hill. So that's okay, but I, you're gonna, I don't think that's a good winning – uh, formula you like you have to blitz this guy to get him off his spot he, he doesn't have a spot because he could throw it from anywhere but you have to give him some pressure um and just not just 
you know, play this little small small ball prevent defense. Absolutely. And, you know, Mahomes, he's got so many little injuries. It's the toe, it's the head, and it's a Bill defense that didn't look good this entire season until like three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the um... – they they held they held, uh the Bills held the the Ra- the Ravens running game pretty well uh but I, you know that's fine I, but I I think when they played, uh in week six Hilaire had a pretty good game uh running up the middle so um if that's the case I mean if Hilaire's gonna play I said that last week if he's gonna play because you need someone back there to just just to <laughs> give Mahomes a little breath so he doesn't throw for 70, 70 attempts. Yeah, so I think you feast on the Packers, and in this one, you take the Bills, you take the under, and then you tease the Bills in the under. You do like three $30 bets, all kind of in the same neighborhood that kind of just suggest a good afternoon at the football field. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm wondering for the Bills, too, because they the, the past uh, games against the Colts, and uh, they they like to switch from like, okay, we're going to throw to Cole Beasley a lot. Then we're going to give it to John Brown next week. So if they can just incorporate that, just distributing the ball, I think that'll help out Josh a lot. So then he can just run for 50, like real quick to be like, okay, well, now we have to guard everybody. And then they don't have to worry about the run game so much if they can't, uh, if they if they can muster a couple yards. Yeah, and I think so. And I think the the best storyline here, it's not Mahomes versus Allen. It's not the great fan base that finally got over the hump versus the fan base that wishes they were them. It's the matchup of offensive coordinators who you're kind of offended they didn't get a head coaching job until you look into their background just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Dayball, Day uh, he was uh, he was the OC for uh... – for Cleveland and when he when we were really bad so like okay like this is like his first attempt of being good so and it it seems like he bullied Colt McCoy out of ever being an NFL starter he hated him he whispered insults in his ear while he was under center at NFL games so yeah a lot of weird <laughs> behaviors there yeah, you don't you don't do that, and you're not expecting a head coaching job because you're expecting to say, "You suck, Omaha, Omaha eighty, you suck." That's no good. Yeah, I was I was apoplectic. I was like, I can't believe no one hired Dayball. Then I one Google and I'm like, oh, okay, sure, I understand. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just call his uh, references uh, Colt McCoy. See what he has to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that is fun. So. For the championship weekend, we are all over the Packers. We're all over both unders, and we're going to mess around with the Buffalo Bills in all sorts of ways, straight up and in a tease with the under. Mm -hmm. So let's move forward. Let's go to the baseball diamond if our correspondent is here with us. Is she here? Mm -hmm. Well, joining us. From the hardest place to stand on in all of sports fandom, that is, you know, Astros Mountain. Say hello to Michelle Neat. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? What's up, Michelle? Thank you for coming on and introducing us to the 2021 baseball season. Oh, 
oh, it is shaping up to be quite a delicious season. When I say that, it's just been exciting. Honestly, as an Astros fan, it's just been very, very, uh, uh, what's the word? I want to say emotional roller coaster, but I don't think that quite encapsulate every, encapsulates everything that has taken place. Well, well, what what's wrong? You got Springer, he's a Canuck. You got Brantley coming home. And, you know, you don't have this target on your back anymore because the Dodgers want a ring. What's not to love? Oh, no. I'm not saying that, like, I'm unhappy, per se. It's just, it's been a good 24 hours, I guess. I mean, minus the fact that Springer is a Canuck now. I mean, I can, like, I can confidently say that uh, Ken Rosenthal, was uh, wrong, so that just makes me feel good because he's kind of obnoxious. Um, and like I said, we get a left-handed. I feel a certain attach, like a certain kinship with left-handed players because I myself am a southpaw. So, um, you know, all in all, it's been a a good, you know, twenty-four hours, and uh, there are some really exciting moves being made, some really aggressive moves being made. Um, and it'll be good to see some different teams or, uh, in the postseason this year. Yeah, and are they sticking with the expanded bracket for the postseason with baseball? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I know that uh, what they're leaning towards is keeping the uh, seven-inning doubleheaders uh, and the universal DH. I think that they're going to go ahead and keep that for the 2021 season. Um, they will also be... Uh, more than likely going to keep the runner on second, but it won't start as early as the 10th inning. Like if the game gets to like, you know, 16 innings, 15 innings, then that's when they'll do a runner on second. But um, nobody in their right mind and the, no player, I, I can't imagine any player wanting that rule to stay. Well, what if you want to go home early? Maybe you have something on the crock pot when you leave leave the house. You know that lamb will be tender and juicy by the time you get back. So maybe you're not thinking about the soup chefs of the world when you make that statement, Michelle. God, I, I keep forgetting that demographic, the baseball right. player soup slash chili maker. Yeah, so we're we're not here to make anything in a pot with a onion and jalapeno base. We're talking about making a pot load of money with these MLB futures. So Michelle, I know you know this game better than anyone living or living or dead. So talk me through the best bets for all the major MLB categories. We're going to do rookie of the years in both both leagues, Cy Young, MVP, pennant and you know world series champion okay so um let's start uh give me just a second um no, i want to start with um... i want to start with uh rookie of the year and um let's just start in the american league because uh i tend to favor it since my team resides there and uh start to say we'll go in alphabetical order uh, Randy Rosarena is still Rookie of the Year eligible because he only played like because the number of uh, games that he played last year uh, didn't amount to it didn't meet 
or it didn't exceed the threshold because postseason they don't count they don't count the postseason games towards rookie of the year eligibility or un, I should say against rookie of the year eligibility. So um, I mean he had a, he had incredible production in the postseason. He only played a, uh, uh, you know, eighty one regular season. Uh, he only had eighty one regular season at bats. Uh, he held down, um, you know, ten home runs. His on base percentage was uh, one point. 022 so that's pretty impressive and um you know uh he so he is uh i mean considering the fact that he won the ALCS MVP he is a very strong front runner and if you were going to place a if you're looking to you know very sure future bets it would be um he was he's probably the safest bet at this point in time another really good one to re look out for is Tristan McKenzie on the Indians uh you know he has a really high velocity on his breaking balls and his slider he's got an incredible arm uh his speed like i said up there and uh you know his ability to be deceptive as he makes his delivery really works in his favor and uh you know, that's, I mean, that would be my pick for the Indians. And my third pick, because I like to give, you know, them options. These are three, in my honest and humble opinion, three very good, safe picks. Wander Franco is a really good one to look out for. And how, what what's the voting like in this Rookie of the Year historically? Does the best person always win? Or in the case of a Rosarena, is it, are there instances where someone just wins because they're the most recognizable name well no the best person does not always win and i'm not saying that because i'm bitter about christian javier missing out uh he deserved rookie of the year last year because what he like everything that he has done uh so far in his very uh, uh compact uh, mlb career has been really impressive and incredible um i think sometimes it's just the voting tends to go towards uh it gets political i think at uh you know there's politics in every kind of uh you know major sports pretty much any industry having to do with media or entertainment it's it's politics for the most part i think um sometimes exactly. kind of but i think we can use this to our advantage what were the odds on randy rosarena um let me but we know the MLB needs a next generation of stars. We know this guy has the ability to pr produce at the highest levels because we've seen him be crowned ALCS MVP. So, yeah, blindly supporting him when he might be the best rookie and might get the award when he might not even be the best rookie is a great investment in my mind. Tilly, shut up. Sorry, my dog is being very rude right now. So, yeah, Randy Arozarena, I love it there. So let's talk NL. Who are the candidates, Michelle? So, uh, in my opinion, uh, again, humble opinion, uh, or maybe not so humble, uh, Ian Anderson, I think, is a really big, uh, would probably be the safest bet if you're going to, if you're going to put money on anyone, I would, uh, he would be at the top of my list, you know, he only, uh, you know, was it, he only had 51 uh, big league innings, only allowed nine earned runs. And um, he's looking at becoming a number two starter 
he's still extremely young. So this bodes well for, you know, future bets. If you just to just keep that in mind for down the road, uh, you know, he has a one point, he finished with a 1.95 ERA and his war was 1.3. Uh, impressive. Uh, another good one to look out for would be Sixto Sanchez from the uh, Marlins. And uh, he had, uh, I mean, his average is higher, but, um, you know, he has his speed, is his velocity is higher than Ian Anderson's. And, um, you know, just across the board, he is a bit more well-rounded in terms of, like, all of his picks, uh, pitch selections kind of, uh, I think at this point, I, I would say outrank some of the stuff that Ian Anderson does on the mound. Those would be my two picks for the NL. Yeah, and they both have pretty good odds, so these could be nice value plays for any of our viewers looking to throw in on that. So those guys are people looking to make a name, and like, just as a little sidebar, how many years till one of my Tigers takes home the Rookie of the Year in the AL? Um, I probably think, uh, I mean, you know, there are candidates in uh, the Tigers this year, and some pretty viable candidates, uh, but realistically you'll start to see um because they have they've acquired a lot of, they have a lot of good young players that are up and coming so probably 2022 2023 so probably in the next two years you'll see a serious uh candidate for the mvp from your tigers all right beautiful so let's talk cy young al and nl who and i know that you know are there some Yankees we can back for this? I've been in New York 10 years. The Yankees haven't won a postseason. So, yeah, I am kind of a Yankee fan. So are th is there anyone I can bet on in this category? I'm sorry. I thought I just heard you say you're kind of a Yankees fan. Yeah, I've been here forever. I want to I be in the city celebrating a Yankees World Series. I want to know what that's like. And it's genuinely weird that I haven't experienced that yet. It's not weird. You guys uh, just don't get it done. People are better. That's, I mean, so as much as it pains me to say anything positive about the Yankees, um, I think one of the top contenders would, pro would be Garrett Cole. You know, he finished in the top five in the Cy Young voting the past three seasons. His uh, ERA is 2.84 in 2020. Uh, he had 94 strikeouts and 12 starts. He is the AL starter leader in F4 innings, wins, and strikeouts. He's second ranked in ERA. Um, you know, so those right off the bat, those are very solid credentials, and that's a very solid, you know, that's a solid reason uh, to make a safe bet on Garrett Cole. Shane Bieber is another one to watch. Uh, he didn't get worse. You know, he had eight wins, which is, I think, the most in yeah, the AL in the postseason and isn't it with pitchers if you just have the one bad outing at the wrong time you're never the same ever again well as much as i'd like that to be true it is not <laughs> um but uh you know he had 122 strikeouts and he finished with an era below two it's a one it was a 1.63 era um and, you know he did finish in the top four in 2019 he won it in 2020, um, and he is the type of player that has the potential to go back to back, you know, pull a Jacob DeGrom on us. Yeah, so I, I kind of, there's so many good candidates in the AL, but, you know, all things being equal, I think this is the Yankees' year. 
I'm in on Garrett Cole in that category. I'm in on a Rosa Reina. All, all my bets involve the AL East. So how about in the NL? The NL, uh, you know, I really like uh, the Jacob DeGrom would be uh, one of my top picks for uh, the NL because, you know, he – goodness, what can, I, what can I say about him that hasn't already been said? It's – he's just got such good stuff. He's just so solid year after year. He's been he's been a repeat winner, and um, I think you see him. I mean, there was a slight uh, regression in his uh, in his you know in his performance. Uh, you're going to see an uptick, I think, for a lot of players this year. Uh, he is definitely one. But you Darvish is one that I want to go ahead and say is the one to look out for because we know that he's had you know some complications, but his 2020 season, you know, he saw a pr very good ERA. So it was a 2.01. His uh, whip was a 1.05. Um, him, and the really interesting thing about him and the reason why he is poised to be so, so good is that um, his ability to have many different pitch types, which is going to serve him well in terms of look, getting that lower ERA and earning those strikeouts. Uh, he's the only pitcher on record to have used nine different pitch types in 2019. And, and I believe in 2020, he uh, came out with uh, 10 different pitch types. So the most really in and, recent... You know, with you, Darvish, let's not overlook the fact that he's going to be playing in a pitcher's park. He's a fun guy to root for. So you go to San Diego, you might think those laid back surfers are big fans of the home run ball. No, they like triples and long fly ball outs. You seems like a really fun bet in this category. Yeah, I think that he is one to, like, like I said, these are the future bets. So as it stands right now, from all of the information I have and what I know, which is an immense amount, um, those would be, um, I, with absolute authority, I would say those would be, you know, the two two players to really watch out for in the NL. Yeah, and like I like the Mets talent, but the reality is there's kind of a brewing rivalry between the Mets and Braves in the NL East and like you the pressure isn't there in 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 San Diego. If this team's successful, he just needs to have the numbers to go along with it. So, he's not going to lose this award cuz he his team gets a wild card. So, I love him here. Yeah, I mean, and he uh, he is in a great situation. Like you said, it is a pitcher's park. He is on a team that is, I mean, they're just, they're a fun team. They're a young team, they're, uh, they're, but they're a very skilled team, and they're poised to do a lot of damage this season overall. Yeah, and there is, like, this next wave of teams arriving in the NL that's pretty talented. You got Atlanta, San Diego. The Mets are now in the picture, so... Let's talk MVP. Should we lead with the AL first? Is it inevitably Is it inevitable inevitably Mike Trout like it's been for gosh, it feels like 25 years now. It has been actually 25.2 years that he's been winning. Uh I count the last season as not uh you know, it's it's a fluke. I really don't take anything from the 2020 season into stock, but yes. Uh, right currently, it's at plus 175 for uh, Mike Trout to win the MVP. And I think the next person 
who I, I mean, if you want options, it's always nice to have options. The next person in line that I firmly believe uh, is a serious AL MVP contender would be Alex, would be Alex Bregman, because, um, and that's at plus uh, 1,000. And I think he's going to take it, Camille, because he's been runner up. I know at the end of uh, uh, the season last year, I, I said, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride, and I was proved wrong. So I, I sincerely hope that I am wrong again. Uh, I really hope that he does take it. Uh, he is a fiery player. You know, he, um, I think he'll take it this year because uh, he's not the type of person or player that is going to be okay with uh, being in second place for a fifth time. But are we overthinking it, Michelle? Are we looking a gift horse in the mouth? Because there's a good chance that a Mike Trout MVP bet is maybe the best bet you could find in a sports book. Because in order for him to not win MVP, you need baseball writers to have a fundamentally different viewpoint of how a player is valued. So it's just he's held up on this like stature level. And I don't think they're going to take him down anytime soon. You know, at this point, yes, he would be the safest, but he would be the greatest. You would see the. Uh... That would be the most sure thing to do if you want to bet safely. I would say absolutely, Mike Trout. If you want to take risks, which I mean, I I would tend I want to. Um, Alex Bregman. Um, but no, go chalk on this one, Mike Trout MVP. It is the vanguard investment firm of baseball future bets. It's stable. It's boring, but you're going to be better off because of it. Sorry to step on your heels there. Listen, there's no offense taken here. Um, I mean, you got to go with what is sensible. You know, at some point, you don't want what's thrilling. You want, you know, consistency. And with Mike Trout, you get consistent output. You get consistent performance. Um, I mean, he's the golden boy of the AL. At this and, point in time. And just looking at this wonderful props network odds comparison for player futures, I do kind of like the value for DJ LeMahieu 25 to 1, as he is the poster child for this Yankees team. Yeah, I mean, I do think that um, my only drawback to uh, that is. Uh, I just, I, I don't know that you, I don't think that he'll get worse, but I don't think that he is, I don't think 2021 is his year. All it's right, a, fair, fair enough. It, he just seems like the one person who's most likely to be over-rewarded for any contributions. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, he would be. Um, and I think that, uh, I mean, it helps to, it helps this case that there are a good number of uh, writers who uh, kind of favor him, you know. Uh, there's a lot of writers who I think tend to favor players from the larger market teams. So yeah, uh, tend to live in larger markets. It's the guys they naturally watch more. And so many writers, they're watching the Yankees every night, and he's the most likable guy on the team. That is true. You know, if I had to sit in a room with somebody on that roster, it would, you know, it'd be DJ LeMahieu. You make a solid point. 
<laughs> yeah, this is the first time you look at a group of people and you're like, you know, the most likable one is the DJ. <laughs> exactly, because usually they're the worst. All right. So how about let's talk NL MVP before we get into the real meat and potatoes of our conversation. We know mm -hmm. who the good teams are going to be. Is it going to be just a San Diego celebration or is it just going to be a Mookie Betts reward for last postseason? Um, you know, San Diego, I think uh, individually they have, at this point, I don't really see any individual play, like individuals on their team that give a solid enough case to place a bet on them at this point in time. Uh, Mookie Betts right now, um, he was at, um, he's at the top. I mean, he has the best odds at this point in time. So Mookie Betts would be the safest bet, cl closely followed by Kristen Yelich. Um, and then you see, uh, you know, uh, after him, you know, it'd be Bellinger and Freddie Freeman kind of neck and neck with the same odds. Um, Juan Soto Jr., uh, Nolan Arenado, and Harper all are neck and they all have uh, essentially the same odds. Um, the value uh, in uh, Juan Soto Jr. are his numbers, you know. Um, in 2020, he had a stellar performance. Um, even if, you know, his team as a whole didn't, like, wasn't at the top, he, you know, he's on his game. He's a young player. I think he's, what, 22 now? Um, yeah. And I it's fun after the Mike Trout conversation to have one that's a little bit more wide open. And I think any of these bets are great. Any you can throw down on, except I don't like the vote splits. So I'm not going to take a Dodger or a Brave. So I eliminate those. Does that leave Yelich as my best option? Yelich would be your best option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, Bellinger and Fred, like uh, Freeman, they're, they're in the no-no categories apparently right now. Um, if they have the best odds, if you wanted to, I mean, it's not a reach to consider uh, Juan Soto or Arenado. I think that they're more likely than Harper to win the MVP. But at the top, you know, you're going to see Yelich. And we know, for, we know Fernando Tatis. He's getting some good advertisements right now. Maybe the accolades will follow. That would be in my like he is, uh, and it's been well established that I am a diehard Astros fan, devout and loyal Astros fan. But Tatis Jr. is one of the most fun players to watch. He's and he's very talented. Um, he's just extremely likable. So um, I think the fact like he's got he's got his skill and you know his personality going for him that makes him a likely candidate. Uh, I don't know, maybe at this point in time, perhaps not, because there are others that uh, present a stronger case. But Tatis Jr., he could be on that list later on in the season. Yeah, and he's also the candidate who kind of does the most for baseball because he's fun and bubbly and is a cool personality. Right, I mean, and he's like, yeah, exactly. So he's got name recognition. Um, he's well, I mean, he has visibility and uh and he's, he's just fun because there's that I don't know that there's um enough players that get the get to get that uh, fun side of themselves uh, out to the public. 
Yeah, so I, I think that sticks with what I wanted. I wanted to cast out the Dodgers and Braves and pick someone else. So now with the NL Futures, I'll just be backing the Padres all the way. I'm going to go Darvish and Tatis, and I can get back to rooting against the Dodgers again. It sounds awesome. Now let me get a little Lindor action, huh? Come on. Mm. Oh, a little. No. I mean, <laughs> there was a regression and a drop-off in his performance last season, and I know that was the case for a lot, but um, – <clears throat> He is. He's good, I, but he's in, a, I, in an unstable, uh, unstable environment right now because uh, there's a lot that's you know the Mets have Cohen and they are leveling up, but it, they're still. I don't. I don't think any. I don't think a strong enough case is there for him this season. All right, so let's get to the big dogs, AL champion. What are the odds? For the New York Yankees. So for the best divisional bet, I would for AL East, uh, I would do uh, the Yankees are the uh, they are the best bet, but um, with extremely recent developments, the Blue Jays make it an extremely strong case. The Rays have have seen the departure of uh, Snell, and I do believe there's a few other players that uh, aren't aren't with the organization anymore. So I think right now you would, the most likely uh, scenario would be uh, Yankees winning the AL East followed closely by uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah. And there's still actually, let me point out pretty good value for the Red Sox. A team with that payroll can't ever be counted out. I'm yeah. I'm in shock over those numbers or those odds because, uh, if you had to ask me who is most likely out of that division, the last people I would say would be the Red Sox because it's kind of a dumpster fire over there. Mm -hmm. It is, but, you know, they're not as bad as they were last season. There will be corrections, and I just think there's value in those numbers. So True. in terms of AL pennant, who do you like for that? Uh, the AL pennant, I would say uh, – for now, for the pennant, I would say the uh, I think the three last men standing would be um, the Astros, Yankees, or Blue Jays. Um, if we're just talking AL Central, I would go with the White Sox to win the division, and the AL West, the Astros. Um, the A's saw, uh, I mean, the A's have good pieces on their team. They are not in a position to where. Uh, their roster is cohesive enough to make any big impact this season. I know they won last year, but it's just, uh, this isn't it. They don't have the sauce like they did last year. Yeah, and I know the Yankees, it's only two to one, but just for a New Yorker, that's where my money will be. I like the Yankees to win the AL two to one, even though it'll make me a pariah in your eyes. Um, you know, I will forgive you for this. You know, I won't call you won't be a pariah in my eyes. I will um unconditional forgiveness. There we go. And on the other side of the coin, if we're talking NL, if I'm bullish on the Padres with the other like player bets, should I just pick them for the NL pennant? The Padres are would be an interesting choice. Uh, for the NL East, I would go Mets or Braves. For the NL Central, um, 
I really don't know. That's kind of a big question mark for me because I like uh, it could go either way. Um, the in the West though, it would be the Padres or Dodgers, and I think the most likely uh, scenario would be the Padres or Dodgers uh, winning out uh, in the NL pennant, the NLCS. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to bet these NL divisions, like I think they're both toss-ups. So you just take whoever has better odds. In which case, in this instance, the Mets and Padres in both divisions. Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know I think that is uh, I think that that would probably be the best bet. Um, uh, the Mets would be probably a dark horse candidate. Uh, it just depends on because Steve Cohen said he's not done making moves. And I know that there's going to be some action uh, closer to the trade deadline and uh, maybe even before spring training starts, you know, uh, right. It's been a very slow up until the last like week or so. It's been a slow hot stove season. But now, which we're like, uh, if spring training starts on time in February, like on February 15th, it's a pitchers and catchers report, then um, you're going to see some pretty big moves made. Mets would be a dark horse candidate, though, um, yeah, at that, this point that, in time. That actually gives me an idea. Since we know the Mets have a new owner, we know he loves making big, splashy moves and money's no object. Just take their futures now because he'll probably do something to make the odds be a little bit longer in the next few weeks. Right. I mean, and uh, even with the uh, the uh, tumultuous uh situation going on in the uh, front office even with that added drama um steve cohen has the ability has shown time and time again now ethically is ooh, legally he's just you know what he's a sensible guy uh he operates somewhat in an area uh ethically like a gray area but he's a sensible guy he's gonna make uh we lose you there hello yeah you just cut out on that last point for a second Oh, so I was saying that Steve Cohen is a sensible man, you know, uh, he, I mean, he even said, uh, somebody asked him on Twitter, you know, what about helping, you know, Jared Porter? And he said, I really don't care about him as an, like, that's not his concern. His concern is what's best for the 400 other employees. So he has, uh, he has always said from the beginning that he wants to make the Mets a more serious contender. He wants to make the Mets, uh, you know, taken more seriously in the state of New York. That he wants to stop having the Yankees as the team that they associate with the state of New York. Yeah. So there is value in just backing the owner in this instance. That's the, these are ultimately we're betting on company performance, and that's the biggest indicator. Yeah. No, I truly believe that that's uh, that that's the case. So I mean. That's okay. a good place to place your money. So before we get out of here, let's talk about the big dog, the World Series, the ugliest trophy in sports. Which New York borough is it ending up in? The Bronx or Queens? Neither. Bron- Neither. <laughs> so I, I'm not betting on the Yankees plus 500. I'm not betting on the, the Mets plus 1,200. Who am I betting on there? Um. I mean, the the odds for the Yankees have always been positive at the beginning of the season, but uh, 
So if you are going just purely based off numbers at this point in time, then yes, the Yankees. But uh, where have they been the past 11 seasons? Nowhere in the postseason. I mean, they've, mm. they can't get to the World Series. And um, they really haven't leveled up. Their t- you know, teams around them have gotten better, a lot better, have added a lot more value. I mean, the Blue Jays are going to give them a serious run for their money. They're going to cause a lot of problems for them in the AL. Uh, the AL East. So that's that's why I would say the uh, Yankees, uh, statistically right now, uh, yes, they are the on paper the safest, but think and analyze you, about what you've seen in the past. Are you telling me to make another Padres bet? Because I am so down with making another Padres bet. Yes, so I think that we will see either a dot, uh, the teams in the uh, from the NL that we will most likely see in the World Series would be Dodgers or Padres, and uh, in my mind, that's not going to change. Like, there's nothing. Neither of those teams got significantly worse. Both of those teams added value to their roster by moves that they've made in the off season. Um, you know, the uh, even with the, and on the flip side of that coin, the AL. Even though the Astros saw the departure of George Springer, they've added some. I think that they're probably, I don't know, maybe one starter. And uh, maybe another reliever away from being a bona fide uh, postseason bet. Yeah, it could be there. So I do like that we just have big picture ideas. So we back the Yankees, we back the Padres, and, you know, we got a team to root for in each league on each coast. I dig that. Yeah, just covering both coasts. Those are, um, I mean, I'll personally be throwing my support to. Most likely the Padres, you know, always been a fan of that organization. Um, they're not my number one, but they definitely rank in the top three for the NL for me. Yeah, they'll be like the MLB's version of this year's Bills, the likable team that actually deserves that spot. So, yeah, Padres all the way. Padres Mafia. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for coming on, Michelle. I will be talking to you when we get to the season. Maybe I'll be placing every day, bets every day like I do on NBA. So thanks for your insight as always. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on. I'll talk to you guys next time. Hell yeah. Michelle Need, everybody. She's the best. All right, Brian, did we have fun today? We had fun. We talked football. We talked the old the old history, what do you call the pastime, the, the good old pastime. Yeah, we talked about the good old pastime, the American pastime, the national pastime, baseball, football, betting, models, all sorts of great stuff. And I'm going to be back on the Props Network Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday, I will be doing daily NBA bets. And then Friday or Thursday, we don't know the time yet, I'll be doing the props drop. It'll probably be Friday at 1130 because that's the time we always do it. I'm such a knucklehead. In the meantime, smash that subscribe button. Hang out with us at thepropsnetwork.com because you see our resources. You see us using them in conversation. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And Brian, go to, go to that props network. Log in. And Brian, we will see you in the postseason next year. I guarantee it. What is this? The men's warehouse? Is that what you're giving me? You're giving yeah. Me? <laughs> I'm going to put you in the playoff suit, baby. That's Ooh. what you deserve to wear. Let's go. I'm in. All right. So for Brian Allen Mitchell and the Props Network, this is Joel Walkowski walking off. <laughs>